Mental health is an issue across the world, and Oklahoma State has multiple resources for anyone in need of help. I'm Mally Jones, and welcome to this episode of the Inside OSU podcast. On this episode, coordinator of the Student Counseling Center, Joseph Dunnigan, explains all the resources available at OSU, tips on self-care and staying healthy, and how to help friends who may be struggling. Here's Joseph Dunnigan on this week's Inside OSU podcast. Talk to us about the impact that COVID-19 is having on mental health. I think what we've seen is just that loss of normalcy has really had a profound impact. And I think that's what makes it even hard to, to really measure and even quantify. But, um, you know, just that inability to do things that we normally would, to see people in person as we would like to. If, you know, if you want to go to the store, you have to think, did I bring a mask? If I drop my mask, do I have a backup? I mean, all these things that just have really changed the way our lives fundamentally uh, function. And then you add to that the normal stressors that we already had going into the year. It just really has been a compounding factor. So it's almost as if you take the stressors and problems you already had and added maybe, you know, 15 to 20% more. And so we're seeing, you know, in terms of, you know, the counseling center where I work, we're not necessarily seeing an increase in the number of clients, but we are seeing just a lot of, you know, feeling isolated, feeling confused, more uncertainty about the future, which is all a very normal response. Um, but it's, it's very profound. I mean, there really is a, a big shift that we're seeing that we just have never seen before. And 2020 has really impacted so many people differently. So what are some resources that OSU has for faculty and students in regards to mental health? Yeah, so, you know, one of the main uh, resources for students is, of course, the Student Counseling Center where I work, where we provide individual counseling, group counseling. This year, we've increased our offerings to include more support groups. Um, we started an LGBTQI support group, a transgender uh, student support group. Uh, previously, we'd also added a black women's support group. So we're trying to target some of these support groups a little bit more than we had in the past, as well as you know, continuing some of our previous group offerings. Um, through UHS, we have psychi- uh, psychiatry, so you can either meet with a psychiatrist or potentially look at prescriptions for medication through uh, one of the physicians. On the faculty and staff side, we do have some resources like ComPsych, and we have a dedicated psych- uh, psych- psychologist on campus that they can see as well. Um, related to that, too, we do a lot of outreach and trainings. Um, one of the trainings that I think is particularly important right now is um, what's called mental health first aid that um, uh, faculty and staff can be trained in. We also have QPR, which is a suicide prevention training uh, made for non-clinicians to know how to kind of recognize symptoms, how to intervene, how to get someone to the appropriate resources that's available to both students, staff, and faculty. Um, so those are some of the resources that we have around. But then also kind of keeping in mind that in general, you know, I think the campus has really tried to, to be mindful of, of some of the unique needs and challenges that we're seeing right now. I mean, in general, I think we usually do a good job with that, but I'm seeing even more of a willingness uh, for, for people across campus to help in any way that they can. For somebody who does want to take advantage of those services, how do they go about accessing those resources? Okay, so if you're talking about the Student Counseling Center, um, we have a walk-in clinic, and uh, anytime that we're open from 10 to 3, all a person have to do is call or stop by the center. Now, right now we're not doing sessions in person, so a person could still come into the office, but what we would do either schedule a time to call them by phone or we actually have a couple of teletherapy suites next door that a student can go into and speak with a counselor in a secure way uh, so that their confidentiality is protected but also we're, we're thinking of safety as well 
So during the time that we're open, 10 to 3, we have this walk-in clinic where you can come in, ask questions, just get learn a bit more about counseling if you're not quite sure if it's right for you. Or if you're ready to start counseling, we'll set you up with paperwork. You can do the paperwork all online, and then it's ready to go uh, when you meet the counselor. For friends and peers, what should somebody do if they're worried about somebody else's mental health? Yeah. Um, always ask. I think, you know, if you have a good relationship with that person, especially if you're, if you're concerned about them, um, or even if, you know, you feel comfortable just asking questions, ask how people are doing, check in with them and not just the, Hey, how are you doing? But like, how are you, you know, really kind of push to get a little more information or even say, you know what, I'm, I'm a little bit worried. I'm noticing these things. You know, one of the things that's different when it's somebody that you know, that you're friends with or related to is, you know them over time. So you might even notice changes, you know, subtle things that have happened, you know, kind of gradually as opposed to when I meet with someone for the first time, I'm seeing how they present. So I don't know if that's you know, typical. I don't know if that's just a bad day or a particularly good day. So the friends and the family have that unique perspective. And so if you're, if you're able to and feel comfortable, ask. If you're not sure, uh, you know, is this something I should be concerned about? You can also call our office. So in, this, in addition to having that walk-in clinic for people who want to start services, we also are available to answer questions like, you know, should I, you know, recommend counseling to my friend or, you know, I'm really worried about him. What should I do to maybe get them help? So we do those consultation services as well. And just as an aside, um, you know, we have the Call Sam, which is uh, Student Assistance by Mercy, and that's our after hours. But even it's a 24-hour service where you can get a hold of a counselor. So if you're not comfortable speaking with one of our counselors on campus, you can also use this Call Sam, which is 855-225-2726. And you can call that number and be connected with a counselor within about five minutes who will also answer any questions you have, assist you if you're having a crisis of your own. But they're also familiar with our resources, so they might refer you back to the Student Counseling Center or other local resources. And pertaining to our friends, what are some warning signs that someone might be suffering? When it comes to warning signs, you know, probably the biggest thing is just changes. You know, are you noticing changes that are just not typical for this person that you know? Because that lets you know that something is going on. Now, when we look at kind of more broad we're looking at some of the symptoms that might relate, be related to depression or to anxiety. So is this person isolating more? Um, are they giving away things? Are they speaking in a very like sort of negative and, and sort of pessimistic tone? Um, uh, are you seeing kind of changes in even hygiene? Like is a person who normally uh, would, you know, dress nicely? Are they, are they not? Are they not bathing? You know, those can be warning signs. Um, any verbalizations that seem to be hopeless or helpless those things are concerning, you know, and I hear that, as a, especially as a counselor, I always ask, even if I'm, you know, 98% sure that person is just saying it, they're just expressing frustration, I check in, like, what does that mean? You know, are you, are you thinking about hurting yourself? Are you thinking about taking your life? Um, because I want to at least know that, you know, I, I ask that question. Also, uh, you know, if, if I ask people that enough, they stop saying those things around me because they're like, oh, no, he'll, he'll ask me what I really mean by that. And I don't have to explain every single time. So I think, too, they're giving me that cultural shift away from, you know, using some of that language. But you know, I think more than anything, it's like picking up on some of these things, trusting your, your instincts. You know, this, does something feel strange? Does something feel off? Ask that person. And if you're not comfortable, call us or call a friend or if you live in Res Life, you know, talk to a CM or someone who might help you with that conversation or, or how to get those resources. In order to keep ourselves healthy, what are some preventative measures that we can take? Yeah, self-care is so important. Like self-care is always 
a huge thing. Um, I spend <laughs> so much of my time as a therapist talking about self-care. Um, but it, it's so important because it's setting those boundaries between our, our personal and our professional lives, our academic lives, and even sometimes having boundaries between ourselves and other people, right? Knowing that, you know, just because someone's my friend doesn't mean I have to spend every moment with them, doesn't mean that I have to do everything they want to do. So finding those boundaries that allow for self-care is so important. And self-care looks different for everybody. I mean, it really does. Like, you know, some people like to exercise, other people read, uh, arts, uh, having conversations. Some people are more social. So going out is really important as part of their self-care. Other people want to stay in and that's part of their self-care. So finding what works for you, I think is really important. Um, but then also even sometimes knowing ourselves, like knowing, you know, okay, I'm under a lot of stress. Is this a stress that I feel like I'm managing well? Do I feel like I'm, I'm getting through this? Or is this getting to a spot where maybe I need some help? So who could I reach out to? So, you know, one part of self-care is, you know, knowing when, when is it time to reach out, you know, asking for help. Um, so many people struggle with that. They're like, I don't want to ask someone to help. I don't want to, you know, I want to burden somebody else. Uh, what I tend to reflect to my, my clients and, and people I talk to is like, well, so if a friend asked you for help, how would you feel about it? Like, oh, I'd be okay with that. And you'd help them? Well, of course. Why do you think it would be different for you? But we have this, this thing where we tend to imagine when it's ourselves, people wouldn't want to help or that we're going to be a burden. So as your friends seek help from you, you also should seek help from friends. That's friendship. That's, that's the crux of it. So I think when we're able to do that, that's great. And, and sometimes we have things that maybe we don't feel comfortable talking with our friends or we really haven't established ourselves you know, in a community yet where we feel like we have people. You know, counseling can be a great option. Um, if you're a member of a church, you know, clergy or those that are involved in the church can be a great option. Family, friends from home, find somebody that you can talk to. Well, I'm glad that you mentioned that about getting help because that's so important. So what advice would you have for somebody who is nervous or skeptical of getting mental help? I would say that it's a very normal thing to be skeptical and be unsure. Um, when you really think about the prospect of counseling, you're going to meet with a stranger and talk about, you know, painful, difficult things. Um, but I think it's really important to know that, that uh, it's helpful, right? We, we have a lot of data, a lot of information, a lot of experience personally that, um, you know, it, it can be a really beneficial thing. Now, what's also nice about it is, you know, counseling is confidential, um, we, we do keep records. We do, you know, make sure that we know who we've seen and what we've done with them. But those are kept secure. Those are kept within our facility, and we don't share them with anybody else. There are some very um, specific times where we have to break confidentiality, but they are rare. And we explain those to students before they come in. Just so they're, it's called informed consent. So they know what to expect. Um, I think keep in mind that, you know, it does work. You know, counseling, it doesn't, it's not a magic cure. It doesn't necessarily work for everybody perfectly, but I think it's definitely something that even if you come into the counseling center and you find that, you know what, this really wasn't the right fit for me, we'll work with you to find something else. We'll look at other resources. May it be another counseling service, uh, another agency, or just other interventions that may work well for you. So even if we're not the right place, we'll be happy to find you know, what, what place might be good for you. But I do find that for most people that come in, they get something out of that experience. I think it's it's it can be really nice to just have someone that you can talk to and know that what you share with them won't go to anyone else. Um, I think one of the things people really like about a counselor is that we're not a friend. We're not a family member. So we're objective and you can say what you want to us. And um, we're, we're not judge. We're not judgmental. And I think that's nice. Um, 
And so it can be a freeing experience to, to have that sort of relationship where it's, it's really about you. And, and that's the thing that's interesting about counseling is every so often, you know, I've even had clients be like, oh, I feel like I'm burdening you. It's like, well, this is my job. Your job is to talk to me. It's not a burden. I'm here to help you. That's what we do. And so I think that can be a really nice one-sided relationship that we just don't tend to get in other places. Um, one other thing I would just say about that is um, with counseling, there's no requirement. So if someone comes in and they're interested and they decide it's not for them, we're not going to you know, ask you to stay. We're not going to make you sign a contract for services. You, if you want to be in services, you're in there as long as you want. And once you're done, you're done. Are we seeing people who would normally just go with the flow now deal with stress and anxiety and depression for the first time? I think that's very accurate, actually. Yeah, I think, again, as I said before, because of the increased stress related to the pandemic, especially, um, you just add some percentage of stress to what's already there. So I think things that normally would have been adequate, even wonderful coping methods, maybe just don't quite work as well. They're just not quite as powerful. So I would say, you know, counseling can be a tool to enhance those, to look at some ways to do things differently. Um, but also, if you're not quite at the spot where you want to do counseling yet, think about your routine. Are there some things that you could be doing differently? Some things that maybe would help reduce stress, change, or even can I, can I cut some things out? You know, um, one thing I have to talk with students about, even in, in, in non-pandemic times, is how much do you have on your plate? You know, do you have too much? And if you do, is there something we could remove temporarily for the semester or just completely get rid of if it's just adding too much stress? Well, we are coming up on Christmas break, winter break. What services will be available during that time and how will the counseling services change during the break? Yeah. So what, one thing that's actually been uh, an upside of the changes that we've had to make with the pandemic is we've had to move to from all in-person in services or almost like 95% in-person to telehealth only. And with that transition, it actually opened up a lot of avenues we didn't have before. So in the past, if you couldn't come into the office, we really couldn't see you. We couldn't work with you. But now for students that are going home, as long as they're still within the state of Oklahoma, we can continue to work with them. Now, one thing will happen, though, is we are open for about a week to two after finals week, and then we open up before classes start. But there is about a 10-day period where the university is closed, and during that time, we are not, uh, we're not operating. So we do have the call SAM is still available uh, for students to access. We do have um, the contract with MD Live, which is something that students can access uh, potentially as well. So we have a few things in place. Um, but if someone is in services, what we will do is we'll talk with them about those options and, and what they can do to sort of get through that time if there is an interruption in services. For most, um, it, if they are currently in services, we might look at about a week interruption. Can you outline the cost for students who want to use these services? Yes. Um, so the, the way the costs work is that for the intake, any of those sort of initial appointments that we have for the walk-in clinic, there are, there's no charge. You get the first four counseling sessions free. So the first four appointments after the intake are free. And then after that, it's $10 a session. Now, with that, um, we can look at fee waivers. Uh, there's a the financial need. If a person is presenting for grief, we have a, a grant through the Remember the Ten uh, Foundation that allows us to provide grief counseling free of charge. So we have a few ways that we can look at reducing those fees because um, you know ten dollars adds up and it can it can be a burden. And so we want to make sure that we remove any of those barriers. So cost on that end should not be a barrier for anyone. Now with MD Live, we provide five counseling sessions for free through MD Live. 
if a person goes past that, um, insurance can pick up those costs or you can kind of negotiate with them. Um, and then with some of the others, um, there's either no cost or sliding fee scale. And, and that information is on our website. As mentioned, you can make an appointment at the Student Counseling Center over the phone or by walking into the clinic. Call Sam is available 24-7. For more information on all the available options, visit ucs.okstate.edu. I'm Mally Jones. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. <laughs>